Anyone ever play with a fire extinguisher? Talking about Kingsway Academy, I remember when I was in Kingsway, room 17, I don't know if it's still the computer lab, but we used to have a guy who was in our class who thought it was fun to go, when the teacher went out of class, to get the fire extinguisher and take it and spray it around the room. And if you know anything about that type of stuff, you know, it's not just that we, it doesn't just go away. I mean, he made mess in there and the teacher would come and wonder what happened and you know, we were just, we were just not having a good time, but we were just getting ourselves in trouble. But he would basically come and just, you know, a fire extinguisher is used for extinguishing fires, not just to come and play around because it's hot and we want to get colder. It's not that type of thing. How many of you ever seen the fire extinguisher, the stuff that come out of it? Anyone ever seen one? All right. All right. So we know what fire extinguishers are supposed to do. What are they supposed to do? Extinguish fires. That's a Kingsway answer. You put the word in the, you know, you're not supposed to use, having you learn in English, you're never supposed to use the word that you're going to use to describe, huh? You know, it's anyway, I don't know. I don't know how to define it without using the word myself. But tonight we want to look at the Holy Spirit fire extinguishers. I want you to imagine for a second, and I was supposed to have one, but I want you to imagine a candle. All right? Imagine a candle. What does a candle need in order to have a light? Oxygen. You need, need to ignite it. And you need water on a fire. You really don't know much about fires. You need, a, yeah, you need some type of material to burn, right? You need to, to, to ignite it. Now, we used to sing a song, a Sunday school song back in the day, never put your thing under a bushel, no, right? I want to let it shine, shine, shine. What would happen if I said I had a candle up here and I put a, a thing to cover all the oxygen? What would happen to the fire? It would go, right? It would go. What if I told you that our lives are just like that fire? And what we allow to come into our lives, sin, extinguishes the fire. You see, in our lives, we are just like a fire. The Holy Spirit lives in us, but yet we allow things to creep in our lives, and the fire stops burning. There's two things we want to look at tonight, and we will look at two different words. First of all, grieve. There's two things you can do to the Holy Spirit. You can grieve the Holy Spirit, which is to do something that seriously saddens, troubles, pains, hurts or offends the Holy Spirit. Or secondly, the second word is quench, to extinguish, to suppress or stifle. These are two things that they tell us in the, in the Word of God that we must not do to the Spirit. We must not grieve the Spirit and we must not quench the Spirit. Now, in our society today, when people hear the word quench the Spirit or, you know, you grieve the Spirit, they think that what that means is basically if you feel like you're supposed to be um, doing your own thing, you feel the Spirit working in you and you just crawl on the floor and you do all this stuff and you didn't do that, you quench the Spirit. No. The Holy Spirit works in order. The Holy Spirit is not a thing to just allow you to lift up your dress so everybody can see. Um, 
You know, and people, you know, sometimes in churches, they think they catch the Spirit, and they, you know, doing all sorts of things. And if you look that way, you'll be, your eyes will be um, seeing things you shouldn't see. Um, people get out of control. That's not the Holy Spirit. That might be a spirit, but not the Holy Spirit. Tonight, we want to look at two different paths. The first point we look at is this. If you have your outlines, do not quench the Spirit. And if you have your Bible, you can turn to Ephesians. Chapter 4, verse 25 to 32. And I'm going to read it. Ephesians, chapter 4. And I want you to read these verses. All right? I want you to listen very closely. Because this is how we grieve the Holy Spirit. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Verse 29, Let no, one, no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good to building up as it fits the occasion. And do not, what's the word there? Grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and slander be put away from you, along with malice. Be kind to one another, tender forgiving one another. God in Christ forgave you. So we see here, first of all, what is it telling us when we talk about grieving the Holy Spirit? We must put away things. We must put away sin. Get it out of our lives. Does that mean we will never sin? No, it does not. But let me ask a question. If you go into a test and you don't study, unless you're one of those students who everybody hates, because I don't use hate, that's a strong word, who you dislike strongly because they don't have to study and they can come in a test and don't study and still get an A, and you study and you still get a C, what would happen normally if you don't study? You will fail. It's the same thing in our Christian life. If we don't study God's Word, if we don't say to ourselves, you know what, I want to do all I can so that I can grow in Christ and don't grieve the Holy Spirit. What does the word grief mean again? Nobody knows? Make it sad. We don't, do we want to, who wants to make the Holy Spirit sad? Nobody, right? Nobody wants to make the Holy Spirit sad. But we do so many times. As you think of, of these other things it says, be angry, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger. Wow, that's a hard one, right? How many of you have been angry at someone and let the sun go down and you never, you know? That especially goes for husbands and wives. You know, don't let the anger go down, right? Some of you still mind your friend and never taught them, so you let a bunch of suns go down, right? And give no opportunity. Listen. Listen to what it says. And give no opportunity to who? The devil. Wow. Well, you tell me the Holy Spirit living in me. Where did the devil come in? Well, the problem is we allow the devil to creep in our lives slowly. You see, the thing about it is the devil doesn't just come overnight and says, here's this big thing I want you to do. I want you to do, I want you to go break in the store over there and take, every, take all the money to the cash register. It starts with small things. You cheat on a test. 
you steal something, a pen or a pencil by mistake, and you don't give it back, or you do something else. You know what? I'm hungry, man. See that person lunched in? Let me go steal that. And we used to do it a lot of times. You know when, you, when you're in high school? This ain't, good. This, this ain't good to admit it, all right? It's not good to admit it. But I remember when I was in high school, first time we used to go and see the elementary children lunch in and take their um, Capri Sun or something out of there, right? That ain't right, all right? That, that's not good to do, all right? Don't, don't, don't practice that, right? Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor. Let a thief go. Don't just steal. Go work. Work for a living. Stop trying to steal. Stop trying to think that you can get everything in life by stealing. Verse 29, very one of my favorite verses in, Bible, in the Bible because this to me is one of the things that we all struggle with, especially Bahamians. All right? We struggle with this. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths. You know, Bahamians, what we like to do? We, like, we are the most discouraging people I think I've ever been around. And I'm Bahamian, so I can say that. I as Bahamian, so I can say that. We are the most discouraging people. It's hard to hear a Bahamian lift up people. We always got to talk about each other. See that? You like mine? But you ain't no good. You dumb boy. You know, like, let's go on. We, we, that's the type of people we are. We are like, to tell us to encourage someone is like, tell us to go out and murder someone. That's how bad it is sometimes with Bahamians. We'd rather dish you to pieces and then come laugh. Hey, you know what's crap me up, right? We'll dish you in a bunch of in, in front of a bunch of people, right? And then we come and then we come back when, when it's us this week. You still my boy, right? We still my boy, right? I don't even blame, but you know I don't even blame, right? But get from around me, buddy. You know, like. But that's how we are. Let no corrupt. What does corrupt mean? Nothing that is good. Don't let this come out of your mouth. That saddens the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit hates when we talk bad to each other. And like I said, our culture, we have this bad. You know, because we are, that, that's how we wired almost. And like I said, we always come around, by any joke anyway. You know, like that, like that can cover everything, you know. Man, you know, I don't, I don't even joke with you. You know, like, it's like, that covers everything. No. What does it say? It doesn't just say, don't let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth. What does it say? But what to do? What? Let words that what? Build up. Encourage. Um, don't diss the person. Instead, make them look good. But that's what we like to do. We like to diss. It's easier to diss than to lift up. It's because we want to look cool. We want to be popular. Verse 30 says what? And do not grieve. Do not sadden the Holy Spirit. By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. That is a very key verse. You know why the key verse? Because you know we always, a lot of different people teach you, you can lose your salvation. You can never lose your salvation. The Holy Spirit will never leave you. Once you become a believer, the Holy Spirit always lives in you. You can't fully put the fire out as we think of thing. You can't fully put the fire out of the Holy Spirit. It may be a little dim. It may be on his last little bit of light, spark. But it can't go completely. What does it say there? It says what? Do not greet the Holy Spirit by whom you were what? What does it say? It's a, it says what? 
Anyone have a Bible that says sealed? What does sealed mean? Anyone ever been to a place and you need to get a seal on a paper? Like you need to get a company seal? Anyone ever seen a company seal anything? What usually happens when the seal goes in a paper? It can't what? Can't come off. It's sealed. So that's like us with the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes in, we are sealed till the day of redemption. Till the day the Lord comes back, we are sealed. So what does that mean, Nicholas? Do you give me a license to sin? you give me a license to do whatever I want? No, I don't. If that's the attitude you have, then you need to question whether the Holy Spirit lives in you. You need to question whether or not you truly know Christ as your Savior, because that's not the attitude we're supposed to have. The attitude is to please the Holy Spirit, not to want to get as low, to, to sadden and to grieve it. Verse 31, oh, these are, these are words that are going to hurt us. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander. Uh-oh. Slander? You mean I can't talk about that person? Yeah. Be put away from you among with all malice. These are the things that sadden the Holy Spirit. When we gossip, when we slander, when we are mean. This is what grieves the Holy Spirit. This is what makes him sad. How many of you have ever been sad and, and been sad but you had to cry? At least one guy being honest. And don't tell me you all cry because you all team lose. I mean, it's not really sad. You know, like, you know, family member passed away, something like that. You're really sad. You really, you, you, was, you couldn't, you was crying and stop, you know, you couldn't stop. You see, that's what the Holy Spirit does to us. When we sin and when we continue to sin, the Holy Spirit is saddened. He grieves. He cries. It's just like us. And if we look at these in verse 31, at all, probably at some point in our lives, we've all struggled with them. Bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander. You see, this is what grieves, this is what saddens him. But what does it say in verse 32? Be kind to one another, tender hearted. Does that say forgiving one another? Well, yes, it does. As God and Christ forgave you. Wow. So, Nicholas, you tell me if that person did this thing to me, I got to forgive them. Oh, yes, I am telling you that. Whatever they did, you can forgive them. There's nothing too big that someone did to you that you could not forgive them because Christ forgave you. Now, am I telling you tonight that if somebody came in my house tonight... Lord forbid that this happens, and they killed my family, left me alive, that I would honestly be able to just say, praise the Lord, I forgive you. I can't honestly tell you, I would probably be that way. But guess what? Listen. Listen. There are people, there are people all over the world who have forgiven someone for killing their son, their daughter. I was just watching um, that, uh, a church, actually when I was away. I was away um, in November. 
And they had this clip of this family, and it was a husband and wife. And they were talking about their son-in-law. And they said that their son-in-law had actually murdered their daughter. And they said to themselves, you know what? It was hard. But we forgave him. And we just pray right now that he comes in our Lord and Savior. That's all they were concerned about. They weren't concerned no more about what he had done. They forgave him for that. They want to see him to come to the Lord and Savior. Is that easy? No, it's not. So you, the first point is, is that do not grieve the Holy Spirit. The second point is do not quench the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 to 21. Pray without season. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. What is pray without season? Anyone know? Pray without stopping. Always talk to God. Wow, I don't do that. Prayer is my hardest thing, I'll be honest with you. It's hard, you know. But it shouldn't be that way. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God, and Christ Jesus loves you, for you. Think of that. Give thanks in all circumstances. Whatever's going on in life, when all the hurricanes come, or when all the problems come, whatever comes in your life, give thanks. Lord, I'm thankful that my tire went flat. I had to buy a new tire. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this. Thank you for that. That's the will of God. That's what God says. You know what? That's part of my will. Will of God. Do not quench the whole Spirit. What does quench mean again? To extinguish. Again, it goes back to let you know that you cannot, if the Holy Spirit lives in you, everything is, it can't, the fire can't go out completely. Because He lives in you. He's sealed to the day of redemption. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast what's good. What it says is that, look, you need to hold everything to what? The Word of God. Make sure it lines up with this. A lot of people try to, to, to say prophecies and try to prophesy this, prophesy that. Make sure it lines up with the Word of God. And that's what they struggle with in this day. Because Jesus that came, and he, here is Paul trying to teach them about, you know, different prophecies that are going to come, things that were going to happen. But he always said, look, people are going to come and try to tell you things. Hold it up to the Word of God. See if it's true. Don't just think that because someone says that you respect that it's true. And you know what? We have that. We have some preachers who we think, we watch on TV, we think they, they could do no wrong. They got it all together. So believers, as we see here, believers are to encourage to pray without season. Believers are to live in an attitude of thanksgiving. We are always to be thankful. Not when I say thanksgiving, I'm not talking about some turkey and ham and stuff, stuffing on Thanksgiving Day. No. We are always to be thankful for everything. And believers are to, to also treat prophecies and look at the Word of God. I ask you tonight, again, if you look into your life, and you think of your life, does the Holy Spirit burn in you like a fire? 
You know, when we think of, as we talked about last week, and we think of the day of Pentecost, how did the Holy Spirit come? In a what? A rushing wind and a what? Fire. What does fire do? Burns. It burns. You can notice fire. Fire is something that burns in you. It's hard to stop a fire. Believe me, I know. I love to play with fire. As a kid, I tried to burn down my house. Not intentionally, but I remember as a as about an eight-year-old, I found some matches, and I was striking them against the wall, and my housekeeper called my mom, and my mom had to come home, she said I was trying to burn down the house. Then, as a teenager, me and my friend was over to his house, and we used to like to um, grill hot dogs during the summer, you know, um, get a little hot dog, little grill there. Anyway, we saw the fire was out. When we come back, we saw his gardener there. The whole thing, the whole wall was burned up. Um, and so, yeah. So I know what fire, fire burns. Fire can ignite very quickly. And it can get out of control very quickly. But the Holy Spirit is something we want to get. We want that fire to grow in us. It's the fire burning in you. It's the fire burning in your soul. Is that what you feel? Do you see, do you feel the Holy Spirit working in you? Or are we like the person that grieves the Holy Spirit and allows sin to come in our lives that the fire is almost out? As we can see, it prevents the believer from being filled with the Spirit. As we think of Ephesians, as we looked at, we treat prophetic message with contempt. We could go to the, ne- we go to the application, please. As we think of how to apply this to our lives, we need to remember some, some key points here. All right? First of all, we need to know that we can confess our sins to God. In 1 John 1, it says, Confess your sins. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you think in your life and you say, You know what? God doesn't want me because I've messed up. Because I've done this, Nicholas. You don't understand. You can confess your sin, and he's willing to forgive you. Sins, which Paul warned us about lying, anger, and bitterness, are some of the very things that grieve or oppose the Holy Spirit. Things that, in this room right now, we struggle with. You know, one thing, one thing for sure is that it's so easy, again, to talk bad about people. But we need to encourage one another. The presence of the Holy Spirit within us remains forever. John 14, 16. The Holy Spirit is always there. We are sealed. And when I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper to be with you forever. How long is forever? You can't put it into words. It's forever, right? The central thing of Paul's method was to avoid throwing cold water on those who spoke a word of prophecy or who were ministering within the church body. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 and 20. You see, we need to make sure that today in our churches, wherever we go, that the fire is burning in us. That the Holy Spirit is living in us. The Holy Spirit is seen in us. You want me to tell you the worst thing, the worst testimony for a Christian? Is a Christian. 
a bad Christian. That's the worst testimony of Christ, is a bad Christian. Someone who says they're a Christian. And we got a lot of people in the Bahamas because we are a religious place who call themselves Christians because they go to church. What do you mean, man? I go to church every Sunday, man. Even I go during the week. But you don't even go. How you could be Christian? No. Going to church didn't make no one a Christian. Yes, we should go to church to want to grow. But you see, the, the worst thing that happens in the church today is Christians, people in the church. People don't want to come to church because they see people who call themselves Christians who have grieved, who have quenched the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can't even live it. I mean, it's not even seen in their lives because they got so much junk going on in their lives. And for you tonight who say, you know what? Nicholas, I struggle with doing my quiet time. I struggle with spending time in God's, God's where I spend. I struggle with just talking to Him. I want to tell you, you're not alone in that. Um, there are many people who struggle with that. I struggle with it at times. To, to spend that quality time that I need in God's Word. And you see, that the thing about our lives is this, that we need to understand again that God is a forgiving God. And you want me to know what Satan does to us? When we don't spend time in God's Word today, and we, we let the day go by, you know, it gets easier. Well, you know what? I missed yesterday, so I can miss the day too. It only gets easier and easier to not spend time in God's Word. Think of your quiet time for a second. How many of you start off strong and then it just dwindled off? You know, you, you were doing it every week, you were doing it every day, and then you miss one day here and like, all right, I didn't do it today. Now I didn't do it this day. And now it's gone to months. Some of you haven't done it in months. You see, we need to make sure we spend time in God's Word. But I want to tell you this. No matter what happens in life, you are not alone. You are not alone. I want to just play a song. I want you to look at the words. Um, this song is called You Are Not Alone from Carrie Joe. Um, this is an artist who's actually going to be to Student Life. And I want you just to listen to the words and recognize, again, that you are not alone, whatever it is in life you're going through.
Father, what a promise that you will never leave us. Father, that no matter what we do in life, Father, we can always come you. And Father, I pray that you would help us to, Father, there may be people in this room tonight that are struggling with sin, different sins, Father, that is allowing, that they're grieving you. They're grieving the Spirit. The Spirit is saddened. Father, so many times I know in my own life, the Spirit is saddened because of things that I do. Father, I pray that you would help us to want to 
be a light for you, that we be a fire, a burning fire for you, that we allow your spirit to work in and through us, and that people would see you in us. I just thank you for each one tonight, and I pray that you continue to be with us tonight as we go in our small group. In Jesus' name, amen.